0: Are listening to the First Issue Club podcast? We are your weekly comic book reading club that talks strictly new series. We're going to be talking about Dark Detective number one, a new future state book from DC, haha on image comics, and of course, comic book news. But before we do any of that, we're lucky to be joined by a creator who has a new series, just like the ones we talk about on our show, coming out today. Zach Thompson is here. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Appreciate you being here. The new book you have out this week is on Aftershock. It's called I Breathed a Body. Can you tell us a little bit about I Breathed a Body, what this book's all about?
1: Yeah. Um, I Breathed a Body, I've been describing it as like a fungal nightmare about the, fo- uh, the voyeurism of violence on social media. Um, to unpack that a little bit, it's sort of like a Cronenbergian tech thriller set in Silicon Valley um, with people whose job it is to sort of manufacture viral videos. Uh, It follows the social media manager for the largest influencer in the world um, as he sort of uploads something that's so transgressive, it sort of rewrites the rules of what's allowed on social media.
0: Yeah, you know, I was lucky enough to get a preview of the book and fungal was a great way to put it. Some really like natural, intense, visceral imagery being wrapped in to this story that otherwise seems really now techie, modern.
1: Yeah, and and that was sort of the point. I think one of the things I've been drawn to in comics the last couple years with this and Lonely Receiver Mm -hmm. in particular is sort of like, doing world like stories that are set in almost like the modern world, but changing things just ever so slightly. So, you know, people aren't on normal cell phones and there's like a little bit uh, to the world that you need to sort of unpack and learn more about. So like, you know, in I breathe the body, by the time you're on issue four or sorry, page four, you're looking at the skyline of San Francisco and there's a giant mushroom there. And we don't tell you why that's there, but you're going to learn why. That's part of the skyline now over the course of the book.
0: I love those books that drop in enough detail and atmosphere that really make you ask a bunch of questions about the world. I think this book did a a great job of leaving enough unknown for us that it's exciting to think about what's coming in future issues. Can you tell us? How many issues are planned for this? Is this an ongoing series, a limited run?
1: Um, it's a mini series right now at five issues. It does end with a, enough of a sort of setup for for more. Um, if it does well and and people end up supporting it, um, I know Andy and I have sort of big plans to sort of like continue to develop this world and. I I very much made it as like a love letter to Hellraiser. So sort of as you get (laughs) deeper into the world, you start to learn that there's some supernatural beings beneath the surface of all of this. And the hope is that uh, we'd spend more time with those
0: creatures uh, should we get the green light to do more issues. So is horror a genre that you've looked to write more of? I think Lonely Receiver was one of the, first books of yours that i read that literally i could say this is more of like a horror thriller sort of book
1: yeah i've always been super drawn to horror i think like when i was 7 years old my older brother showed me like dawn of the dead for right. the first time and that sort of like rewrote the the <laughs> chemistry of my brain and like cuz i saw it way too early and then that sort of like led <laughs> me down a path where like it's been a lifelong obsession but in comics, oddly enough, like I, when I first started out, I was pitching all kinds of different stories and I kind of like broke in writing crime or like some really dirty, gross crime stories. And then I've always had like these ideas for, for horror books in the back of my mind. And two or three years ago, I wrote a book at Black Mask with my often co-writer, Lonnie Nadler, called Come Into Me with uh, Peter Kowalski. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar sort of Cronenbergian tech thriller, um, but it, it was a little bit of a, a like a cult hit because it was just a smaller book, smaller budget, smaller ability to market. And now they've been around for about five years or so. It seems like there's more people sort of being interested in these. And also sort of I figured out what I want to say with this type of horror.
0: The tech entwined side of everything is is really interesting to me. Another great thing about this book is that I felt like I was kind of getting an honest take on some of how social media or influencer giants might work. Is that something that you've worked in in the past?
1: Yeah. So um, I was a video producer for influencers for like a really large journalism website for a long time before. No kidding. I was at a comic book writer, so I was sort of writing comics during the evening and working with influencers during the day. And like the whole idea for this comic came from um, at the time that I was doing video production, like mostly we were in the process of courting like Jake Paul uh, to like oh. come in and, and write for the website much to my, I was not pleased about it. And I, <laughs> I voiced uh, my displeasure constantly. Um, but uh, what happened during that time was that was when he uploaded the video of himself in the suicide forest. Wow. He, and so I sat in a room with like 30 people as we watched that video. And then everyone like who was above me started to rationalize why it was okay to continue to work with this person, even though he just put the dead body online. And I was just like, you know, my writer brain was like, Holy fuck. Like this is beyond satire. Right. You know, this is a, a group of people rationalizing like some sort of ultimate transgression against ourselves against, you know, like even watching it in a group, I was like, why are we doing this to ourselves? And it, Became came to this interesting thing where like by the end of an hour meeting, everyone had agreed it was no big deal. And I was sitting there kind of going like, no, it's still a big deal to me. Like, this is crazy. But so I walked out of that
0: meeting and I knew I had the rough idea for this book like right away. Wow. It's so interesting to me to imagine the side of PR for a teenager with a lack of morality, just kind of freewheeling. And the, the situations really do seem like dystopian future-esque. Yeah.
1: And and that's, that's something that I've, you know, the more I wade into social media to promote my own work and that kind of thing, there's a level of it that does start to feel like inauthentic or yeah. at least like, you know, you're like embarrassed to do it or whatever. And then like, you think about it on the scale of which like, you know, you're you're representing jake paul for example and it's like he's an awful human being and to have to like you know like show up with a smile and be like oh yeah like it it wasn't so bad like that is really dystopian to me and Mm. i think like it's it's everywhere you know uh we're always rationalizing these these weird sort of microaggressions against the things that like maybe 10 years ago um we wouldn't have stood for but like you know since basically like 2010, when like Facebook and Twitter and all these different websites have like exploded, we've sort of just gotten used to seeing like reprehensible stuff and just kind of like shrugging and being like, oh, another day online. I guess it's hell.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) That that insight's great. I highly recommend people pick this up. Do you know When the final order cutoff for the second issue is, has it already passed? Uh, That will be Monday of next week. Okay, great. So if you like this book, um, order it at your local comic shop. That's the best way to support the books that you love and want to follow. Um, If I could, Zach, I've got a very self-indulgent Age of X-Men question for you. Oh, hell yeah. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) So, So one of the things that I was super interested in in that story was for people who don't know um you wrote a, a couple different books in age of x Men. did you kind of like orchestrate some of the overall themes or storylines throughout the larger event
1: yeah so the, the whole thing was like lonnie and i were brought in uh the the term they used was like show run yeah uh, the event so we sort of like came up with the main book and then uh, designed all of the teams that ended up becoming the other separate books.
0: So I was so interested in what the fallout of everything was going to be like, how have love lives changed? Do Blob and Psylocke go on to have feelings for each other? Does Glob get like a promotion? He's like kicked ass in this uh, bubble world. There were like pregnancies and uh, all kinds of things that I, oh, I was like so excited to see where the drop off was. And then immediately following, we jump into Jonathan Hickman's House of X, Powers of Ten, which, you know, I'm not complaining. Those were uh, great X-Men stories. But would you say, was there a plan or um, in your head, did you have an idea of where some of this would have gone? Were it able to have a little more of a fallout?
1: Yeah. So interestingly enough, the Jonathan Hickman stuff was like sort of brewing in the background as we were building Age of X-Men. And there was this large question is like when it was going to land, like when it was going to be ready, when was Marvel going to be able to release it, all that other stuff. Um, so originally the plan was to actually have Lonnie and I write, if not a whole issue, at least part of an issue of Uncanny um, dealing with the fallout of Age of X-Men and sort of like showing how people have changed and, sort of like showing the through line uh, of of what this carried over into the real world and then essentially like schedules got really tight and uh, uncanny sort of Rosenberg's run on uncanny finished and then like I think it was only like two weeks later um, Hickman's reboot launched so it just was something that unfortunately they didn't have the room to to go with and like you know it's still one of those things that Maybe one
0: day. Yeah, it was such a fun story. So kudos to you and the rest of the team for putting such a uh, a big event together there. Thank you. Of course. One one other thing before we go, um, we mentioned Lonely Receiver. That's a book that I really liked. I think one of the you know beautiful things about that book was there. There's a ton to take away from it, uh, <laughs> depending on. Who you are, what place you're in when you're reading it. Um, a lot of themes and a lot of interesting things happening. Do you know, is there a trade scheduled to come out? And do you know when that's dropping?
1: Yeah. So the trade for Lonely Receiver should hit um, the first week of April. Okay. Um, and that will be all five issues of the weird horror romance.
0: <laughs> yeah not enough romance in comics i always love comics with uh, a little like i mentioned uh blob and psylocke man i loved that storyline a lot of people are afraid to touch it uh more more romance in my comics please i agree <laughs> uh anything else you want to uh shout out or promote while we've got you here
1: um the only other thing i can think of is undone by blood uh, my western from aftershock that came out last year um it's like a meta western that's going to be uh relaunching with a new number one in march and it was just recently announced that it's being adapted into a television show by amc and norman Reedus.
0: no kidding that's awesome
1: yeah so it's been a good year yeah
0: no kidding that's great yeah undone by blood another great series again on aftershock go check it out um zach thank you so much for being on the show we really appreciate it
1: thank you for having me
0: of course And for the rest of you, we're not done with you yet. Go pick up I Breathe the Body today and keep listening for comic book news. We got
2: the news.
3: Lots of people got uh, previews. We got got the news. We're back, everyone, because the news is here. The news, buckle up. <laughs> I was just going
2: to say that uh, some people got previews of WandaVision, and it was not exactly what they thought it was going to be. Or maybe it was exactly what they thought it was going to be. But in a good way.
0: Yeah. I, I wasn't too happy with some of the articles and headlines because they kind of gave away more than I wanted to find out.
3: Oh, shit. Thank God I didn't read any then.
0: Yeah, did you not read any? No, huh? But I was pretty disappointed with some of the stuff that I read. Oh,
3: so, man. I mean,
2: okay, we can cut this out if this spoils it for you. Um I, I can't cut it out of my memory. <laughs> yeah,
0: Greg's right here. Do you wanna spoil it for him?
2: Well no, it's I I'm not gonna tell you anything you don't you did do, you don't know. Oh, okay. Let's try. Okay. Then I mean, why
0: the warning? <laughs> He's gonna <laughs> Greg's gonna about to be so mad. Is it to me or to our loyal listeners? I can't wait to just stare into your eyes and here, see you okay, react. Okay,
2: here's 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 this. Okay. Give me if, a soft elevator pitch about what you're gonna say to me. If I spoil this for you, then
0: take away all trust that you have for me. Oh Come on. Give me a little more than that. <laughs> here's, here's the things that I feel like I knew ahead of time mm-hmm. was that Wanda and Vision mm-hmm. are living in a sort of suburban environment mm-hmm. and things aren't quite as they seem. Something's up. Yes. That's all I wanted to know. I wanted to go in blind past that. And I found out so much more that I feel like would have been. A really fun moment to be like oh that's what's happening mm-hmm. like i feel like i got the twist end of the first episode oh, okay i ruined for me i didn't
2: get that at all all i was gonna say was it's in black and white and it's shot like i love lucy which i didn't know those things like it's like that com- was your big bombshell for me it's a kind of comedy if you remember i told you i wouldn't be
3: spoiling anything <laughs> for you
2: thus i still have your trust <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I guess the, the show is going to be kind of like a uh, deep dive or a critique on television and different genres of television. Think Nick at Night on the uh, Nick at Night Network.
2: Which somebody in this club worked for. <laughs>
0: you? It was, it was Budget King. Yeah. You didn't know that?
3: I did. What did you do again? I Weren't it. you the guy that prepped Tim Allen for his... <laughs> <home>? <laughs>
0: Uh, I literally lost... Was lo- that ever on Nick at Night? I loved It is
3: now. They didn't have... Yeah. So, so it's was, now considered retro. Yeah. So
2: was... Uh, Fresh Prince had just been acquired as I was leaving. Um,
0: wow. That's insane to think that that was so old at that point that yeah. it shows up on Nick at Night.
3: I remember watching Tool Time as it came out every week with my family.
0: Yeah. When I was a kid, Nick at Night was bewitched. Mm-hmm. Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, Get Smart.
2: Yes. Um mash had just gotten acquired when i was there anyway i just
0: logged tape <laughs> Mash had just gotten acquired along <laughs> with fresh prints i wonder what kids that stay up late are gonna want to watch more well
2: you so it's also they have a whole tv channel tv land that, yes that they're mm-hmm. playing all this stuff as well so they have a, a bunch of different places to, to dump it um and uh yeah so I didn't. I kind of thought it was just going to be a Marvel show. I didn't know. It's like. I mean, it's called, it's format buster. They're going to call this the format buster of all format busters,
3: which is lofty, and kind of like. I, I kind of hate it when they do. That. We we talk about this all the time. When comic creators are just like, "You think you know where this is going, but you have no idea." It's like the same thing. It holds true for television. Like, I, let us decide that. Except for, there's way
2: more invested in doing like a television show. There's money more, wise, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And like and even resource wise, like all the recording and all that kind of stuff, I feel like they they're taking a bigger risk. like if you write a comic book that's like was weird and out there and it flubs, mm-hmm. ain't nobody gonna care.
3: The creator would <laughs>
2: <laughs> just putting that out there <laughs> good good point actually. but if like if a show like this like like bombs, then it uh, it goes the way of like Danatopia.
3: Oh well, like nobody wants another Inhumans on their hands. Yes. So Marvel is trying to be very careful, yet boundary pushing.
0: Well, were they? I don't think they were trying to be careful with that decision. I feel like someone comes to you in the pitch room and is like, "Let's make WandaVision." A, I love Lucy. <laughs> like a a commentary on different styles of television and like break the fourth wall with stuff. You probably have a lot of execs who are like, "Can't we just?" Play it safe and have like fights and a bad guy and a story arc, like copy Netflix's Daredevil, Yeah. but with these characters.
2: Yeah, I think this is a big risk. Yeah. But I think they get to make this because they're like, well, we got a lot of them coming out on Disney Plus, so I guess you could be
0: weird with this one.
3: <laughs> a lot of darts, one of them's gonna stick.
0: <laughs> As we're recording this, WandaVision comes out tomorrow, right?
3: It comes out on Friday. Thursday after midnight. So like really early Friday morning. I'm pumped about it. Same. I'm very excited. It's um so far it's only supposed to be one season, but lead directly into Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness.
0: Oh, okay.
3: So um still up in the air if they're even gonna get a second season. We'll probably find out more after Doctor Strange is out to see how um everything shakes loose.
0: Yeah, I think that's the fun thing with this is that they can write self-contained single series and it does maybe it doesn't need a second season maybe it wraps itself up and it's a it's another different show mm-hmm. with the same characters later on. Well, I
3: mean a great point was brought up online about um The Watchmen on HBO was one season yeah, and it was it was fucking brilliant, was wonderful. And so that kind of showed that hey, maybe you just need one season of something and then leave it. Right. We're so used to getting multiple seasons and like kind of demanding it. It almost kinds of Kind of ruins shows and makes creators try to push to make the story, lo- like, longer and, like, just have more fluff episodes. The and-
0: st- stakes get too lofty and the reality that keeps you in touch with the storyline starts to get blurry. Mm-hmm.
3: There was a lot
2: of first issues that came out this week, too. Future State is still going strong. It, But, I mean, like... And a lot of small press, too. Yeah, like Humanoids, which is a publisher that we'd covered a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, had one out. There was a Terry Moore book.
0: Maybe there, an AWA book.
2: Yeah, there was an AWA mm-hmm. book. Um, and then tons of future states. And I don't I actually think, I can't think of a
3: single Marvel
0: number one. I, I know there was one.
3: Uh, there was some runoffs from King and Black.
0: Planet of the Symbiotes oh, yeah. was technically a first issue. Mm-hmm. Thunderbolts.
3: Oh, yeah. That's getting a lot of praise today. Mm-hmm.
0: Valkyries. Was that last week? That was last week. Last okay, week. Yeah. sorry. God, I'm
2: embarrassed. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this was number one's week. <laughs> well, number number one first Issues walked into the store and said, we own it. And and they and they said, and our little brother, First Issue Club, is going to be really pumped to be covering us. And to here, be covering only two of us. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, how do we pick just two? I don't know. How do we do it? Well, mm-hmm. you could find out by joining our Patreon.
3: Where we'll explain all of our secrets. <laughs> and you, too, can be your own First Issue Club <laughs> member. Well, let's get this podcast
2: started. All right, we are getting into Future State. That's a DC event. Dark Detective. (laughs) We did Batman last week. We're doing Dark Detective this week. Where is Bruce Wayne? We're going to find out. And Future State... Dark Detective is by Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora. You might know Mariko Tamaki from Wonder Woman, a lot of uh, graphic novels. The one about summer, uh, living in the summer. Endless summer. Endless summer. One endless summer. There we go. Um, The stuff that she does is just insanity. So good. And then Dan Mora is
3: Once in Future. Didn't she do Laura Dern Keeps Breaking Up With Me? She did. Laura Dean. Oh, yeah. Laura Dern's
2: an Laura actress. Laura Dern's
0: an actress. <laughs> she
3: keeps breaking up with me.
2: Uh, and, uh, yep, so this is a powerhouse book. Powerhouse, uh, lots of people
3: like Batman and, uh, and Dark Detective. You may, so you may not know who he is, <laughs> listeners. Batman's kind of like uh, the anti-Superman. He like, hides in the shadows. He's kind of uh, gruff and moody. He has a lot of um, boy wards who die. <laughs> and uh, he can't keep the heads on his butler's.
2: Exactly. Uh, And so this is one of, just first up to to let you know, this is one of those books where you grab a book, much like last week, and there's other books inside this book. So we'll get to that, where there's, it's a comic book about one thing, and then it becomes another. It's like like a Russian doll of comic books.
0: (laughs) It seems to make you mad, but I'm like.
2: It doesn't actually, that sounded way more tonally, like. D- disgruntled than I am
0: It's like free comics yeah. it is.
2: It's it's just as You know the only thing That my only complaint It makes it a little bit Difficult to cover In our current format Of how we do this podcast yeah. That's Well
3: technically It's still number one
2: You're right Two we, number ones In one book Two number ones For one For one comic book <laughs> Wow <laughs> Um, In this comic book Basically it, Future State We covered it Last week A little bit But Bruce Wayne Is dead Supposedly Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And he's going to get a four issue. Do you guys know this one's four? And Most of them are 2
3: Mm-hmm. We okay. talked about it last time on the episode. Yeah.
2: Well, we're going to get four issues of where is Bruce Wayne and is he dead in a maskless world of Gotham. You wear a mask, you're going to die. That's the storyline. hmm
0: Yeah, we covered it last week.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we are again. But guess
3: what? Bruce Wayne ain't dead. No shocker. No one's shocked by that. <laughs> How did he survive, Greg? Well, uh, he was shot by mm-hmm. the Peacemakers, who are the new police force that goes around Gotham and shoots people in masks. Was Captain he... America meets
0: Deathstroke. Was was he was he shot by Peacemaker One?
2: He was. Okay. I'm so glad you clarified that. There are Peacemakers, and there is Peacemaker One. There's, so every... Well, yeah, they have every, number they have numbers on their
3: helmets. Yes.
2: yes yeah.
0: I feel like that's probably going to be a good reveal at some point who Peacemaker 1 is, right? Maybe it is Deathstroke. I mean, they all kind of look like him.
3: Yeah, they kind of look like Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. So um, we still don't know exactly who the magistrate is. We know that they're this entity, this kind of government body that's ruling over mm-hmm. Gotham, which we find out in this issue, Wayne Enterprises essentially helped fund and create... With the technology that Wayne Enterprises created. Had. Gotcha. So Batman has kind of <laughs> inadvertently created uh, the greatest villain in Gotham. How did he get hurt It was what you asked me. He got shot by Peacemaker number one and crawled his way to a back alley to find, as we all do in our time of need, mm-hmm. a back alley doctor. Paid him in cash straight up.
0: Is this guy DC Cannon that you guys know of?
3: I don't know if he's DC Cannon. It, Seemed to me that he probably is if Batman knew where to find him. Yeah. He's like the bad guy fixer. Yeah, he's like the... he's like the
2: uh... Everybody that's in a mob or mafia has this guy. The guy that digs a bullet out of you so you don't have to go to the general hospital in your neighborhood. And
0: then the yeah, totally. authorities find you.
3: Yeah, in the Godfather films, it was the guy that owned a vet. You go in there, you get stuff taken care of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
0: In Daredevil, it was Night Nurse.
3: Daredevil, it was Night Nurse. So there, the, the trope is, it's this like uh, off-brand Aldi version of your doctor that you can go to and uh, no questions are asked. Batman knew where to go. He got all fixed. And he's
2: still prowling through the night now. But all his money's gone. Oh, He's, Ooh, he's, he's, fr- he's yeah. a broke Batman. Yeah. His last dime. His last dollar. His bottom dollar.
0: Did that happen because of his supposed death? His funds were like transitioned to another group or his benefactors or did he somehow how bankrupt himself in the events leading up to this? Do we know that? Or so, did,
2: Or did this, does this private doctor just drive a hard bargain? Oh, he took like everything.
3: <laughs> $45 million to uh, heal that wound. I think what happened is because when Peacemaker shot Bruce Wayne, he said, Bruce Wayne, don't move. We know who you are. Yeah. So that leads me to believe they know that Bruce Wayne and Batman are one and the same.
0: So maybe they had already liquidated Bingo. his assets. Yeah. Because he's a criminal. The police state can do that. Correct. Okay. Yeah.
3: The second thing about this comic that I found interesting that the people in this world didn't really pick up uh-huh. is uh, Batman stumbles into a diner to get a cup of coffee. He has enough credits, which people work on credits now, a.k.a. Apple Cash. Yep. And he says, I have enough credits to get a coffee. And the woman sitting next to him goes, hey, man, can you believe it? Batman's dead. And the next day, Bruce Wayne dies.
0: And, yeah, she makes, like, a rule of threes. Yeah, yeah she's, like, sort of she's like, where's
3: the third one going to be? And, like...
0: Brittany Murphy.
3: And you're just... Too soon. And you're just <laughs> like, how does that woman not connect the dots that these two people who are the same shape and size and gender... It's what? just like... I think that's the point. Is that she's... That yeah. she's stupid? <laughs> Everybody.
2: the The... The... The wool is pulled over everybody's eyes. I was like,
0: oh, who's this new character that's going to be like Batman's sidekick? And then she was gone. (laughs) I thought they were going to like, I thought she was toying with him or something. (laughs) To me, diner girl. Because she's talking to him about Bruce Wayne dying and it's like obviously Bruce Wayne sitting next to you. Right. I I figured he would be one of the most recognizable faces in Gotham, right? Also, yes but just because he's got some beard stubble no one recognizes him i guess if mark zuckerberg
2: was at whole foods when i was there i would just be like you look like generic doofus
3: no
0: there's no fucking way
3: i would know if i saw elon musk or zuckerberg or fucking anyone any like pseudo celebrity that works in the government or tech i would
0: instantly know who they were <laughs> do you really? any celebrity that any works? celebrity <laughs> quiz government me on this or tech yeah <laughs> if i if we hadn't read the next batman last week i would have been like what the hell is going on <laughs> you you honestly need some context there w- one thing i think we might have even said last week is that well i like that you can jump right in and someone can tell a fun mm-hmm. unique story right yeah um that's probably not the case with these subsequent issues they're even though they're different numbering they're very much so building on each other it,
3: I think we're going to find out that that's correct. Yeah. Even DC has just said, like, they're independent stories, so you don't need to buy all these books, but well, we, it we, does we, help if you do. Well, we're and, talking
0: about maybe covering the Teen Titans one. We all read that. Yeah. On um, our Patreon, mm-hmm. and it references a lot of things that happened in the Flash Future State that came out the previous week, Ah. and I was so lost because <laughs> of that. They, they finally say, like, because of the events in... Flash future state, and I was like, Oh, that's why I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah,
2: I think that's the one everybody skipped was the flash totally. <laughs> um, and then the end of this book had uh grifters or, or a grifter book in it, um, which was fun. It's like, uh, you know, grifter is like a maverick from the you You seen the movie Maverick with Mel Gibson, yeah, okay, yeah, um, meets uh a grifter, <laughs> okay.
3: So, <laughs> Grifter is a Jim Lee creation that was on the Wildcats. Yes. What is his powers? I don't know anything about. He's
0: Grifter. good with guns and he steals shit. Yeah, it's basically the same set as Batman, but not super genius.
3: Okay. He he's like he's like the Star Lord. He's like, yeah,
0: yeah. He's like Star Lord. How he, is
3: he like Star Lord? He's just like this scruffy, blonde-headed dude that can shoot guns and is kind of like an outlaw.
0: Okay. Suave.
3: And he wears a bandana that floats in front of his face, kind of.
2: It's He's not... got
0: one of the coolest character designs ever. Yeah. I remember
3: drawing the mask a lot when I was a kid. Same.
0: Yeah. I, I learned a lot of how to draw just by copying Jim Lee when I was a no, Oh, yeah. Up. I
3: think everyone well, and did I think, for a while. Yeah. I
2: To be honest, that's a lot of Jim Lee's creations, but specifically the Wildcats. The Wildcats look fucking awesome. All of their stories are kind of like, okay. Like even CATS which is an acronym stands for something like totally stupid combat action teams <laughs> I think something like that It's
3: the 90s I I it, it was yeah. it was entrenched in that shit It's about just looking
2: awesome I mean he's obviously like B team Gambit kind of Sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah shit okay <laughs> But well, I don't know how Gambit stands Gambit. will take that but <laughs> Is Gambit already B team is that what you're suggesting
3: I I am suggesting it Oh, I think Gambit's on the lower end of the X Men.
2: I was gonna try to do like a Creole accent, but oh, I'd love it's... to hear it. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, it. you don't say.
3: <laughs> wow, you. I can't even process what I just heard. This so that was supposed to be your Creole. You don't say, Mon cherry. Everyone,
0: everyone's got a phrase that gets you into a character or accent or voice. And you don't say is just one of the classic New Orleans go tos. Yeah,
3: specifically Gambit. I can't tell you how many times he used mm-hmm. that Good. classic catchphrase in the comic book. You don't say, I'm picking gator
0: out of my teeth.
3: Wow. Another thing that Louisiana is known for is its gator nuggets. Um, so I, there's not much to say about the Grifter book.
2: It was fun. If, if you enjoyed, yeah, it was fun. If you enjoyed the movie Maverick with Mel Gibson, and we're back to this now. <laughs> I, which I did. I like. That's you, a great movie. Do you remember how he's he has the cards, um, that face the wrong way? Yeah, like a trickery. Yes, like instead, like he sharking them. Mm-hmm. What a great movie! Mm-hmm. It, this comic book's
3: a lot like that. <laughs> <laughs> it tricks you in the beginning. Of showing you, like, this may not be good, but by the end, you're like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. This is good.
2: There is nothing wrong with this Grifter comic book. No. That was uh, Dark Detective. If you're reading Future State, this is a must. It was fun, it was a great creative team, and you get a freebie in the end. And now we have the book ha ha, ha ha. Ha 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 by W. Maxwell Prince. Yep, that's the writer of Ice Cream Man. Images. Runaway. Should we say Runaway? I would. Runaway Hit Horror Series. The comic book that you can pick up any old week and dip in and just read a horror, horror story. People love it. Quibby. Purchased it Now they sold it over to Peacock or some other place And the comic books are going crazy right now That show's going to be insanity And on the heels of that show This guy says I'm going to write a book all about clowns A horror comic book And here it is and it's ha, ha And it's on this week with all these number ones Damn and Vanessa Del Rey's doing the artwork She's done some great stuff She did Redlands And this comic book whew,
3: Baby here it is. Hella wind up. Yeah, that was that was like a, the Babe Ruth of wind ups. Here, you 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 pointed towards the
0: outfield, said, "Hang on a 2nd They're uh, still cheering. He, he said, "I got two more minutes of wind up." I'm not done pointing. I told a dying kid in the hospital <laughs> I would point. Is that is that true? Is that what Babe Ruth did? Oh yeah. Is it really? That's the tale. I'm gonna hit this kid a fucking home run out to right field. He said, "Fucking." Yep. Yep.
3: With a cigar in his and mouth. They,
0: and, and then he knocked it
2: out. And then they named the candy bar after him?
0: And he wanted to make sure the kids saw it. Calling my shot for you, little baby.
3: Wow. Yep. Okay. He said, this is for you, Eugene.
0: Now I can die happy. Yankees win. Yankees win. Okay. The, okay here's the one thing I don't understand okay. about this comic. Sure. And the hype surrounding Ice Cream Man.
3: Oh, okay. I'm ready to get into this.
0: Okay. Okay. If I told you I was going to make Tales from the Crypt a comic book, Mm -hmm. and instead of a skeleton, it was going to be another thing.
2: (laughs) Like an ice cream man. Like
0: an ice cream man made of spiders. Like an ice cream man. Does that... Is it so much of a unique idea to, like, blow your brains out? (laughs) (laughs) When you explain it like that, no. no,
3: but when I read the first few issues of Ice Cream Man... I mean, he's good at it. My brain was blown because oh. it, it was something different. And then he he explored in, in the anthology form in Ice Cream Man different ways to tell stories. He did like a um, palindrome issue that is still... Regarded as one of the best comics, single issue comics that have come out in the last ten years. Like the way he did that was, and was, uh, and then like,
2: and the crazy thing is that Ice Cream Man is fun to read, and it's still one off. Like you still pick mm-hmm.
3: up any book, and you're like, oh, okay, hmm, cool. It 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 did what Future State promised, but didn't deliver on.
0: Okay, transitioning to ha ha. Yes, mm-hmm. this is Ice Cream Man, but with clowns. <laughs> It's a second horror anthology. It's not necessarily an anthology, though, right? Because I don't think the next issue. I think this was a standalone story. You're right. They're
3: they're anthologies.
0: No, no, no. no, no. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. Did you see Uh, the next cover?
3: Yeah, I did. The series. I I assume
0: that was going to be like
3: a a
2: character that the clown finds.
3: No, so like the series explores different Clowns. clowns in their profession and like just a moment in their life. Oh. Well, and so it's I'm this, learning something. So this is kind of like an existential, like, mindfuck, and like it's not even like really classified as horror. It's just like a Twilight Zone esque. So it's book all... that revolves around clowns. Clowns. This issue, everybody reads it and they say, "Wasn't this just the Joker?"
0: Mm.
3: I no.
2: Like the movie, you mean? Yeah, the new like, rec- the most recent movie.
3: Mm, to me, no.
2: I mean, Joker doesn't get shot in between the head and then see everybody as <laughs> balloons. But up until that
3: point, this was the Joker. I I think I did myself a disservice because I had really high expectations for this book, because Ice Cream Man is kind of a phenomenon right now. Yes, it came out of nowhere, came out of left field, and it really resonated with readers. And then I kind of read reviews after this, after I read the book, and people were like, "This is great! This is so great!" I don't think I'm smart enough because when I got done reading this book, I was like, if I didn't know that Maxwell Prince was behind this, I don't think I'd pick up issue two. You know what
2: this felt like to me? It felt like the first issue of Gideon Falls where, where it's like, huh. But then you're like, but I know Jeff Lemire is great. Is there something more here? And I feel like W. Maxwell Prince is being like, I got horror shit. Just check it out. I'm doing clowns right now. But
3: that relies too heavily on his previous
2: works. Sure. I think that there would be no hype on this book without his previous works. So then, is he slacking? No. Or are they slacking? Horror, like a standalone horror book is just hard to write, especially when you're trying to reinvent the comic book horror
0: genre. I don't know. But, Doctor, I am the comic book horror genre. Okay. That's a... Famous sad clown joke reference. Bring in the
2: clown. Do you have any interest in, like, horror clown shit?
3: I'm glad it's not zombies. Okay. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> clowns have been, like, just kind of, like, characterized so much of just, like, they're scary and, like, they, they're, like, not nice and, like, there's so many twisted stories about clowns. I mean... Do you guys remember the eerie tale of Sweet Tooth who drove around and ran over people? Got it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing about this is uh, the first book anyway was kind of like the ironic tragedy of clowns. And I think that's where a lot of people find the art in clowning Mm -hmm. as a profession Mm -hmm. that a lot of these people are perceived to be Pathetic, but they're supposed to make you, like, happy. If Mm -hmm. they don't have an issue that does Juggalos, I will be severely disappointed. Yeah.
3: Sure. I'm I'm right there with you.
0: I think this could have been an arc in Ice Cream Man. Exactly. One thing that... But I guess I understand, like, if he wants to have a side, like, a project that's, like, devoted to his fascination with clowns because they're, like, it's a fascinating subculture. Okay, fine. I don't want to sound like I'm dissing it too much. It's just kind of hard to wrap my brain around what I got and why I got it.
2: At no point was this comic book boring. No. It it felt more like a kind of an action dark comedy than it did a horror. One thing that I do find a lie, in my life I have found that... When you have a profession that is not respectable. (laughs) I'm excited to see where this goes. And you don't get paid that much. You're so much so that your lights are going off. Uh Right? You don't have a very attractive wife. Like, that didn't happen. Interesting. Unless you're super Christian. Okay, there you go. So is this clown
0: Every time I see an ugly guy with a hot wife, I think either rich or very Christian. Sacred. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the only thing is I was just like this. This lady had two kids with him and they're like, what do you think a carny clown makes a week? Fifty bucks. They're hanging their hat on that paycheck. Not believable. I honestly think like if you're a clown, you're like uh, the guy who does magic on the side. Like you have another job. You're an accountant. You're an eye doctor. You're...
0: Yeah, but there's, like, theme parks and amusement parks and places that hire yeah. clowns that I think are this is, clowning every day.
3: That's what this comic was trying to tell us. This was this guy's passion. He loved to make people laugh. And, like, the the joy he got out of making kids smile and, like, forget about, you know, the outside world for a while, like, fueled him to continue to come back to this job. He probably could have gotten a better job. When When is the last time you saw a clown? Uh, about a year because I've been in my house.
0: Yeah. There's not a lot of uh, clowns out during a pandemic. Before that, clowns work in well, circuses, carnivals. Let me get out my journal. Yeah, my uh-huh. nightmares. <laughs> it was March 5th, That's 2016. Birthday. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really categorize What's when I po- see a clown. What's the point you're trying to make again? I just don't think that they... clowns don't exist. <laughs> yeah, they clearly do. Either they're
3: a collective falsi- falsity that we made up. <laughs> They did Or they're just extinct.
2: I think they they went away in, like, 2012. There's no more clowns.
3: Oh, I remember that. The the mass extinction when, like, all those birds started dying for some weird reason and all these fish showed up dead on shores and, you know, clowns were just dropping dead left and right. It's
0: global warming, really. This is a conspiracy theory.
3: Yeah. Well, for
2: you guys, you guys think that clowns are walking around making a living. They're among us. (laughs) They're just not painted up. Uh... Haha had a lot of hype behind it, and uh, (laughs) I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Did it live up to the hype for you? I'm not trying to put you on blast. When something is hyped, I think, I better not be bored here. Mm -hmm. And I was not bored. Now, did I say, oh my God, I got to buy number two? Mm -hmm. No. But I was like, you know. I think that I believe in this author enough where I'm like, I'm going to be like, yeah, let's check out number two.
0: I also, I've, I found myself in great bemusement, maybe is the word, I don't know, when they explore that scene where he does get shot point blank in the center of his head during a bank robbery mm-hmm. to go cash his last check he got when he got fired. Like, and got robbed by his best and friend. And got robbed by his best friend. Like, there's a lot of stupid, crazy things that happen to him. And then um, there's this maybe three, four-page um, experience where the bullet is, like, slowly making its way through his brain. And it's saying now it's reached, you know, the whatever part, some science term. And he's recounting the things that he's failed in life. And then it reaches, like, the part of your brain that keeps happy memories. And he's recounting all these other things. Mm -hmm. And that was such, like, a insane, like, break from what I expected this to be or for it to go um, that 100% made this worth having in a collection. I I really enjoyed that. And the fact that it <laughs> had a nice, sweet little point at the end, I guess. Um, I don't know. It did it for me.
3: So that was H-A-H-A. <laughs> Which I think we were all uh, uh, mixed on
0: what do as you mean? far as a group. Oh. We, I, we, had, we had different... Consensus-wise. Yes. I, I think, that, I think I, I'm the same place with Budget King. I really liked it.
3: Yeah. I didn't really like it. I thought it was... Unique, but I didn't. I didn't like go crazy for it. I guess it just seemed like a, a another you know, one trick pony that he's trying to like work off a of Ice Cream Man. Like it's kind of like the same thing. Like why couldn't you like I can I think you touched on it earlier in the episode why couldn't these have been told in like Ice Cream Man books? It's kind of, if it's gonna be like the same kind of setup as these one-off anthologies. Because Ice Cream Man is busy doing Dr. Seuss covers for now <laughs> until the end of time. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at with it. So um, that was our episode. Was that your clown goodbye? Mm-hmm. All right. Why not you lead us out with your famous Creole <laughs> catchphrase? <laughs> now you don't say... <laughs>